0: This episode is brought to you by Vows and Speeches. Vows and Speeches provides writing assistance and delivery coaching with highly personalized couples' vows, wedding party speeches, and ceremony scripts, making sure these important moments are given professional guidance, lowering anxiety, and the risk for embarrassment. For more information, visit vowsandspeeches.com, that's V-O-W-S-A-N-D-speeches.com, or call 310- 94-9495. 994 9495 Hi everybody, welcome to the Wedding MBA podcast. We talk to the amazing presenters and educators and experts that grace our stages at the Wedding MBA conference which this year 2022 will be November 7th through the 9th at the Las Vegas Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. You want to get your tickets as quickly as you can. They get more expensive the closer we get to the conference. Go to WeddingNBA.com and click on Purchase Your Tickets and you'll be rocking and rolling. At the end of this episode, I will tell you just how user-friendly those tickets are. And I will give you a discount code. But I want to have our conversation begin Right now, our special guest is incredibly special. She is recognized as one of the luminaries in the wedding industry. She is the one and only Andrea Epolito. Andrea, how are you?
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me again.
0: Andrea, tell everybody where you are and what you do.
1: I am based in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am a luxury wedding planner and event designer. I also do education and, and coaching. Basically, my job is to make the world a more beautiful
0: place. Oh, I like that purpose. I think that's important for people to have a purpose. Seriously, when did you come up with that?
1: It's something that I've been saying for years, and I know I've talked about my background quite a bit on this podcast, but really I think that it comes from having lived through and, and kind of swam through the ugly underbelly of the world quite a bit. And there's this very kind of karmic need that I have to take a life that is punctuated with everyday mundane things and, and bad things and counterbalance them with something that is beautiful and that is worthy of celebrating. And I, I think that you can make the choice to live beautifully every day if that's the way that you choose to, to see everything that comes up. So it's something that I apply to all areas of my life and that that's just really important to me.
0: Well, I think it's incredible. And thank you for sharing all of that. I know it comes from a from a deep place, Listener, if you want to get a jump on the schedule for the Wedding MBA conference, go to weddingmba.com and click on seminars and then do yourself a favor, click on the PDF and scroll down because you will see Wednesday at one o'clock. First look next year's wedding trends with Andrea Abalito. Now, this can go a million different ways because trends are subjective. So I'm going to let you dive in any way you want to, Andrea. Go ahead.
1: So it's so funny because I've always considered myself to be more of a classic and I really want things to stand the test of time. But if you don't move and you don't grow and you don't take what's happening in the world, then there is the level of stagnation. And so my goal is always to encourage people to be timely and timeless, to take some of the things that we've seen. And to a lot of weddings, there is a formula. But you want to take what's happening in the world and you want to take what's happening in design and fashion and pop culture. And you want to infuse those classical traditional moments with things that feel like they're a little bit more appropriate to today.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you have spoken at length on this podcast about you're drawn more towards what some would consider the classic styles or things that have sustainability, I guess, through time. Because for those of us who have lived a few years, it is an interesting emotional experience to look at a photo of us from a long time ago and think what we were wearing was kind of silly. I would be horrified. (laughs) Silly, horrified, you know, tomato, tomato. And I like that you've always been drawn towards something that's going to provide elegance for years to come. But you made a great point in regards to how can you influence that? How can you flavor that? with some of the new trends. Can you give us some examples? Of
1: course. So there has been the white wedding forever. White weddings have been around for many, many years, especially when we started seeing celebrities and the royals, you know, four to five years ago doing all white wedding parties. So all of the bridesmaids dressed in white, groomsmen wearing white tuxedos. It always looks fresh. It always looks modern but it could. it's a picture that could have been taken 40 years ago or four days ago. The trick is if you're doing something that has an all white color palette, how do you make it look a little bit more current? And so you do things like, Playing with texture, maybe not doing a white linen tablecloth and maybe having like a really beautiful high gloss tabletop. Maybe not doing all roses, but blending in things like ranunculus or tulips or dahlias or something along those lines. Looking at chairs and then figuring out does white just mean all flat white or can you play with tonality? Because that will give a white wedding that everybody has seen before a definitive edge. And that's what you really want. You want to be able to take something that is somewhat traditional and is classic and then bend it through your vision and through your particular frame.
0: Now, I don't know that much about how what color goes with another color, but when you talk about different shades of white, as per your example, when I go to the paint store, there's all those different paint chips of different shades of white. Are you talking about that in regards to? mixing and matching different shades of white?
1: Yeah, and actually the paint store, like Lowe's, Home Depot, those are fantastic resources for couples, for designers, for florists, because those paint chips are free. And so one of the things that you can do is go in, grab a bunch of different shades, and in this example, white, and you take them and you lay them out and you start looking and you might say, I like a really bright white, which is cool. And so I'm not going to go to maybe an eggshell, which is warmer. I'm going to look for whites that have a blue undertone instead of a beige undertone so that you can have six different shades of white that are all kind of derivative of each other. They play nicely together, but none of them look out of place, but now it doesn't look flat. Color saturation sometimes can look flat because everything just looks the same. And when everything is so much the same it's really hard to pull out the nuance of the details but if you have a really shiny white table and you put something that's maybe a little bit darker of a white napkin and it's got some texture it's like a really kind of grainy silk that's different and that makes the design and the overall look and feel interesting and now you're you're seeing all the white your eye is able to differentiate and really appreciate every element that's in the space.
0: It makes me think that professional education is really important because you mentioned the flowers and you know the names of the flowers. And I started to think about some images that I've seen of floral arrangements and all the different types of flowers beyond just the roses. I really like that. And I love what you just explained about how fabrics and patterns and all of that kind of stuff, even just the hard tabletop, was a revelation to me. And so let's keep going down that road. What else do you see?
1: Well, I think that it's important that we talk about, aside from the idea that it's just design. There are so many other elements that are coming up for people who are not planners, or not designers, or not florists. So for example, one of the things that I've seen and that I'm absolutely including in weddings that I have coming up is progressive entertainment. Traditionally, people will ask, do you want a band or do you want a DJ? Today, I'm asking, how would you like to incorporate a band and a DJ? Because people want to be delighted. They want to be inspired. They want to be surprised. And so you can go the entertainment route and you can say, we can have live entertainment, maybe strings, maybe a harp for the ceremony. And then going into cocktail hour, maybe those people pick up another instrument and they become more jazz driven. And then we have a DJ play the first dance because people are starting to coordinate their dances and they want to hear the music the way that it was played. But the dance party is a full band or a full orchestra. And then afterwards, the after party goes back to a DJ. And then maybe you incorporate a sax or a percussionist or somebody that you can manipulate the energy of a space with the things that you hear. And by constantly revealing a new part to your guests, you keep them really engaged and then nobody gets bored and nothing falls flat. So there's a lot of different ways beyond the idea of design being what something looks like to where you can bend the energy of a room and you can just tell a much better story if you double down on things that are unexpected.
0: I really like that. I was thinking in terms of the fad for a while, whether DJ would have background instrumentalist like a drummer or whatever other instrument. And I also like the idea, you piqued my imagination in regards to different instruments that can kind of carry the guests through the entire wedding day experience, depending upon what the, the client wants to feel is, is that, did I hear that right?
1: Yeah. And I think it's really looking at each section of the day. So One of the things that we're working on quite a bit is taking out the day. And aside from doing a regular timeline, that's typically something you give out to your vendors and your partners and it's production driven. And with the clients saying, how do you want to feel during your ceremony? Is this going to be secular? Is there going to be a return to religion? Are we including prayer? Are we trying to make it really personal where you're doing your own vows? When people are in that moment, how do you want them to feel? Because if I really want them to feel transported, if I really want them to feel engaged, if I really want there to be that emotional tugging at the heartstrings, a harp might be the right instrument. And maybe it plays really lightly while you're saying your vows so that it's very cinematic. But then when you go to cocktail hour, it's not intended to be solemn and emotional. It's intended to start bringing the energy up and getting people to feel festive, but you also want them to talk and interact. So, background music that is a step up that gives them a little bit more energy without being overbearing is fantastic. So, you look at every single section and you say, How do you want them to feel? And then you work with an entertainment director to say, I need to design the soundtrack for the event the same way you would design a soundtrack for a movie. Really like this. It's a really interesting way. And I've been incredibly fortunate to meet and work with some really talented people in the entertainment space. And we sit down and we actually say like, what's the theme song of the, and, you know, especially TikTok, social media, you see these songs that go viral. All of a sudden you start thinking, well, how can I incorporate something along those lines in the wedding to where it's not just a playlist. It's very intentionally saying, When I want to feel inspired to dance, I'm going to hear this. When I want people to pay attention, I'm going to play this. And silence is a sound. And so sometimes the absence of sound will get people's attention in a totally different way. If there's music playing and then there's a hard stop, everybody kind of looks up because the first thing is, is, oh, something is wrong. When really what we could be doing is bringing the father of the bride out to make a toast. And we just really want to capture everybody and the the lack of sound. Is also a notification that something else is happening.
0: Yeah, and I like the way you're framing it—that the person on the microphone doesn't necessarily always have to be on the microphone. That the sound design could accomplish the emotional experience that you're looking for. Is that? Did I hear that right? Absolutely. That's brilliant. So we've talked about decor and design, and we've talked about music, which, by the way, I think is incredibly important. I agree. Music is so important emotionally but also in terms of memories so many people say they don't remember their wedding day because it was a blur and i like the way you're starting to throw in things that are going to make people cement their memories anchor their memories if you will because music does that so let's keep going what else do you think would be a trend just a quick word from our sponsor we'll get right back to the interview vows and speeches provides writing assistance and delivery coaching with highly personalized couples vows wedding party speeches and ceremony scripts We've all seen plenty of bad speeches and personal ceremonies and cringy vows. Well, vows and speeches make sure these important moments are given professional guidance and don't run off the rails. For more information, visit vowsandspeeches.com. That's V-O-W-S-A-N-D speeches.com. Or call 310-994-9495. Everything
1: that we're talking about here is really about storytelling. We've come to a place where gathering, bringing people together and celebrating has a much deeper meaning and a much stronger level of importance. And so regardless of where you are in terms of financials as a couple, the ability to tell a story and have an overall synergy is becoming really, really a top level one priority for our couples. So They're not looking at each piece as a standalone. They're not saying, oh, I really like this DJ, so check. And I really like this florist, so check. They're looking at building a much larger vision. They're looking at taking a theme is no longer, oh, I want it to be themed like red roses. The theme is really a much more emotional piece where I want people to feel this. And then everyone that comes on and that joins the vendor partnership is expected to take ownership of telling that story in a way that plays really beautifully with everybody else. And so team building is going to be a huge, huge trend. And I know that that feels a little esoteric and it doesn't feel like, oh, that's, it's not a trend I can see. It's not a trend I can touch. But as wedding professionals, being able to go out and understand each other's businesses, understand what we do really well, understand the white space and what somebody else could possibly help with is going to be very important to our couples because they want to know that even though we all work with different people at different times, when we show up at the wedding, it's one team, one dream. And so putting together a group that works together where there is no like I don't want to see a photographer fighting with a videographer over the shot. I don't want the band to feel like they're more important than the DJ. I don't need the lighting guy to disrespect the fact that the florist needs to not hotspot one side of the flowers. It really needs to be everyone coming together and saying, in this room, for this date, how do we do our best work?
0: The other thing that I just heard, kind of the subtext of what you were talking about, Andrea, is the idea of discovery. So I know that you have self-education in order to be able to expand the possibilities of the theme or whatever the emotional desired emotional experience wants to be. But it also occurs to me that you were talking about people that have a certain personality that get along in regards to the team. But throughout that process, everybody has to be open to discovery. Did I hear that right?
1: Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that is important and that's becoming much more important is recognizing that none of us do our best work alone. None of us operate in a vacuum. As the the planner and the person who's designing the experience, one of the things that I've spent years doing is I have a compendium of all of the different partners that I am either interested in, that I might like to work with, or that I have worked with. And I have their name, I have their website, I have their social media. I have notes for myself on this big spreadsheet that says, this particular vendor says that they are this. This is who they claim to be. This is who they wanna be. This is how they present on their email and on their social and on all of their places. This is their pricing. But when you get them on site, this is who they actually are. And so when I'm starting to talk to my clients and I'm st- trying to explain why we would hire one photographer over another, I'm able to really talk about somebody's business, somebody's work product, and somebody's personality so that we're not making a decision solely based on price. Because there are tons of $5,000 videography teams, but some of them shoot and edit in a really kind of heavy, deeply saturated manner where some of them desaturate their work so that it looks a little bit faded. So if I've found a photographer... That shoots in bright light that has a lot of white space that tends to soften up their images. Pairing those pictures with a video that's really deep, that's really dark, that's much more dramatic, it doesn't tell the same story. So I'm trying to find a way to give my couples and my clients real information that lets them book on something other than price. Because if we're only ever talking about price, and deliverables, those are commodities. And now you're just one of a hundred cans of vegetables where I really want to drill down and say, this is what you're getting for the money. Not all $5,000 price points are the same. Not all $2,000 price points are the same. What are you actually receiving in terms of service and product?
0: I'm really impressed with how much work you're willing to put into your business? Because what I heard you say is almost like an after event assessment that goes into every single detail with the people that you just worked with, like a debriefing of the people that you work with so that, and by the way, you are the only person that has ever said the word compendium. So thank (laughs) you for that. I think it's fascinating because we went from trends in regards to ideas and products and services to the trend of. Pushing the business to another level of service. That's what I heard. What do you think of that?
1: First of all, I think you're you're absolutely right. But my process is actually deeper than just a post wedding debriefing. So I, I keep this for myself because I do think that as the planner, as the designer, as the person who's charged with creating and building the team, it is my responsibility to give the best information to my clients and to everybody that is going to step into that room because for them to meet and exceed the client's expectation, but also my expectation, they really need to have a deep understanding of not only what they're doing, but that who they're doing it for and who they're doing it with. So I do a full profile on my couples and I give a backstory and I give details on who they are why they're doing this event, what they want to to feel, what they want the emotional output to be at the end and what their hot buttons are. So that goes out to everybody that is working the event in advance. The timeline has a page on it that says how to use this document. And I ask all of my partners to read the document twice, once page by page, line by line, so that they have a global overview of what's gonna happen. Then I ask them to go back and highlight what their responsibility to each individual point of the day is. Afterwards, there's a link and they have to go to a pre-event survey. This is really intended, number one, to make sure that I know that they're reading the timeline. Number two, when we're all so busy to refocus their intention and get them emotionally engaged in this very specific event. And I ask them things like, why do you believe you've been selected for this wedding? What information haven't I given you that you feel you need? Is there anyone whose work is going to impact your ability to get your job done? Example, the rental company needs to talk to the venue about what time they can get to the loading dock so that they're not tripping over the florist. I ask them, based on what you've seen, is there an opportunity for you to do something that will change the couple's experience and change the guest experience for the better. And I want them to fill all of this out in advance. Once I get all of these back, I can then go and create a conversation and say, hey, photo and video, you guys need to talk to the lighting guy because the lighting changes three times in the night and I wanna make sure that it doesn't do a weird thing to everyone's skin. And then I can talk to AV and say, hey, get with the band because I need to make sure the power drop happens. This helps me avoid any potential issues that would happen on site. And it also gets people paying attention afterwards. They do get a debriefing survey. And I say to them, like, based on your original responses, which are still available to them, do you feel like you met? your goals. Did anything happen in the room that I am not aware of? Because sometimes I'll be helping my bride get into a dress and I'll find out after the fact that there was a power issue and, and somebody was really helpful or somebody wasn't helpful. I'll go back and say, what do you feel like you contributed that made this an extraordinary experience for the couple? And I promise them that there's absolutely going to be no pushback. I asked them to rate my behavior, my services, how I talked, how I communicated. And before I do that, I give myself a rating of where I succeeded in the day, where I felt I fell down, what I thought I could do better. And I share that with everybody, hopefully, so that they feel a little bit more comfortable being honest about their own performance and being honest about mine. And I've had some people come back and say, like, I know this is going to bite me, but you said this and it wasn't helpful. And I've gone back and looked at it and there have been times where I'm like, no, I I wouldn't have changed that. And other times I'm like, you know what? You're right. I could have communicated it better or I could have been in a better headspace or I shouldn't have answered in that moment. I should have circled back because nothing that I contributed in that second helped move us forward. So those are things that just help me get better. It's also helped me turn around and say like, this band should never work with this DJ. They just don't vibe. And so it, it helps me do my best work at my next wedding because now I have better information.
0: You know what else is interesting about this whole process? Because by the way, that's very detailed. I know there's a lot of listeners right now who are thinking to themselves, gee, many Christmas, Andrea, that's so much work. But obviously you've risen to a certain level within the industry. You demand a certain type of client and the clients demand a certain level of service. And I can see where all of this feeds itself. The other thing that I felt is while you're going through that process, it makes everybody focus because there are so many of us that can fall victim to just habit. And every now and then I'll do what I call a rookie mistake because I wasn't thinking, I wasn't focusing enough, but your process makes people focus. Do you find that to be true?
1: I do. And I also think that we've come into a time in the industry where we are all busier than we've ever been. Our lives are trying to find a solid ground and a soft landing, but it's really hard to get to a place where you feel stable and where you can build when your attention and your energy is being pulled so many times a day, whether it's through email or social or just the sheer volume. I don't run a volume business, but a lot of the people that are going to come to Wedding MBA do operate on volume. And it's very easy to start to feel overwhelmed. And it's very easy to miss things. If you force yourself and the people that you work with to spend, this isn't intended to be a a two-hour process. It's take 10 minutes and stop and think. Take 10 minutes and, and really just pay attention. Because my fear for the industry at large is that if we are just on the hamster wheel, If we're just like, I just got to get through this weekend and then I'll, it's like, oh, I just got to get through this weekend and I'll start my diet on Monday. If we keep saying like, I just got to get through this season and then I'll fix my business later. By the time you get there, there's no business to fix because you've done irrevocable damage. And so taking 10 minutes to really focus your intention, to really understand what you're doing and why, because we all like money. We all need money. Money is not the root of all evil. Money is a tool that helps us do the things we need to do in our businesses and in our lives. But the real reason that we're doing this is because we've been called to the industry. We've been called to the art form because we want to make people dance, because we want to make people happy, because we want to make the the world a more beautiful place, because we love serving delicious food. And we have to remember what brought us here. Because if we abandon the core of our why, then we're literally just cashing the check. And eventually the community and our couples and our clients, you you just can't sustain a lie like that forever. And you get found out. And when your business is exposed at that level, it's really hard to come back. And I don't want to see people make mistakes in volume that hurt them in the next 18 to 24 months.
0: I really like that long term vision. What you do today directly impacts what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow being, you know, however long that is. I really like that. And it's fascinating, isn't it, that we've taken this conversation from trends, which can be a light subject, to the actual nuts and bolts of running a successful business on a level that would exceed what the rest of the market is offering. I mean, and also you have to communicate that to your clients, don't you, Andrea? You have to be able to show them in some way that doesn't overwhelm them the level of meticulousness that you are requesting from the entire team. How do you do that?
1: How do I communicate it to my clients? Correct. I think that the, the first thing is, is that to an extent, the work speaks for itself. And it's not just the pretty pictures that I show on social. It's the work that I'm tagged in. It's the things that other businesses say about my business in stories online that I'm able to repost. It's, there are ways to have a third party endorsement and to allow other people to speak for you that are really, really valuable. Social proof is very important. So when a florist goes and posts something and talks about what a great experience it is, I'm able to repost it because I'm giving people information without it feeling overly braggadocious and without it feeling like I'm tooting my own horn. But the other thing that I do is I'm I'm very, very clear about the intention of my business, about the work that I want to do. And so I have it spelled out and written on my website. And I know people say like, oh, people don't read. People absolutely read. And so when somebody reaches out to me and they want a consultation or they want to have an interview, I ask them, have you been on my website? And everyone always said, yeah, I went and I checked it out. And I say, have you read these sections? they'll say, well, yeah, I looked them over. And I say, okay, before our conversation, I'm going to ask you to read these three sections. And I send them the direct links. And then when we get on the phone, I say to them, did you read it? And a lot of times they're like, yeah. And so I'll throw out a random question and they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, okay, you didn't read it. And then I will <laughs> verbally walk them through. The pretty is great. The pretty... Everyone thinks when they call I'm paying for the pretty you're not paying for the pretty because everyone does their own version of pretty you're paying for the process and my process it's very high tech it's very high touch I tell people that wedding planning is a full contact sport that I'm not going to tell you that this is a stress free experience it's not this is a stressful time in your life. I'm here to guide you through it, but I'm not going to promise you stress-free. I'm not going to promise you that the day is going to be perfect because in 30 years, I've never been to a perfect wedding, including my own. And so you have to have somebody that says, I'm in it with you and I'm willing to go through the journey and I'm willing to commit to this process because the payout at the other end is that important. And I also detail my process in my contract. I I work with Sean Lowe. He's from the business of, um, business of being creative. And we spent months building out a contract that walks people through, not just what I'm going to do, but how I'm going to do it. And there are people who look at my, my stuff and they go, yeah, this is a lot. And the minute a client, a potential client says to me, this is a lot, you're not my client because you should be thrilled that somebody has, has taken the time and the effort and the energy to give you an 18 page contract that takes you step-by-step through the journey. And if that feels overly aggressive on paper, Oh, I'm going to be a whole lot for you in person. So like (laughs) but I've even had, I've had people come to me and, and be vendors and partners that says like, I'd love to work with you. And I go, great. I'd really like to take you through a business assessment. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, this is my process for onboarding new vendors. I need to understand how you work. And they're like, well, here's my portfolio. I'm like, yeah, I could, care- I don't care about your portfolio. I, like, I expect it to be good, but I need to know what your email process is like. I need to know how you communicate. I need to know how you dress on site. I need to see how you handle stress. And I've, I've said to people like, I'd love to come and hang out for two days. And they're like, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with that. Excellent, but we're not a good fit. And I'd rather know that now, than six months from now when you suddenly can't play at the level in the room
0: you know what i love about this is that your confidence which obviously is coming out very easily and by the way you're the only guest that i've ever had that has used the word braggadocio what is it (laughs)
1: braggadocious
0: braggadocious yeah so Boy, this has been a treat, but I love the idea that you've put in the hard work so that when you speak with confidence, it's because you've done the hard work. And I really like that. Listen, your session is going to be incredible. And I know that there's going to be a ton of people that are going to want to get more wisdom from you, especially after they listen to this conversation. And they also are going to want to reach out to you. So Andrea, tell everybody how they can do that.
1: Very, very easy. My website is www.andreaepolito.com. I do have a page that is slash ask where if you're a wedding pro and you have any questions, whether it's about trends, the process, any of it you can go on there and you can leave it on the ask page. And then once a month we go through, we pull those topics. And that is how I produce content for my YouTube and my podcast. Because if you have a question, it's very likely that a lot of people have a question. And then on social media, I am everywhere
0: at Andrea Eppolito. What is the name of your podcast?
1: Oh, I got super creative. It's Andrea (laughs) Eppolito.
0: Let's not mess around. Let's get to the point.
1: Yeah, I went. I went. I drilled down and said, "What would be the most interesting name for this?" And I was like, "Oh, I know
0: mine." <laughs> That's so good. Thank you very much, Andrea. You have been delightful.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. I always come back whenever you guys ask me. Thanks for having me again.
0: You bet. Well, there you go, everybody. That's the way it works here at the Wedding MBA Podcast. You want to go to the Wedding MBA conference because that's where you're going to hear the experts give you incredible information that will directly impact the bottom line of your business. But you can't go to the conference to get a ticket. And in order to get a ticket, you have to go to WeddingMBA.com and click on Purchase Your Tickets. Now, I told you they're user-friendly. Listen to this. You buy a ticket for this year. For some reason, you can't go. Well, just hang on to that ticket. It'll roll over for one year. Or buy a ticket for this year and for some reason you can't go. Then just hand that ticket to somebody else. Let them go. The tickets are transferable. Also, remember, the tickets get more expensive the closer we get to the conference. Well, listen, I guarantee there's going to be people a week before the conference, they're scrambling. They're trying to find tickets, but they don't want to pay full price. Well, what if you bought an extra ticket or two at today's prices or maybe with a discount code, and then you're able to offer it at less than full price but maybe a little bit more than what you paid for? Either way, everybody wins. But the only way you can do that is go to WeddingMBA.com and click on Purchase Your Tickets. Now, I promised you a discount code. Here it is. Clint Seventeen. It's my name. C-L-I-N-T-1-7. You put that in the discount box, you will automatically get $20 off your purchase. That's it for this episode of the Wedding MBA Podcast. This is Clint, and on behalf of Andrea, we will see you next time. This episode was brought to you by Vows and Speeches. Vows and Speeches help write and coach the delivery of vows, toasts, and ceremony scripts, keeping these important moments highly personalized and free from anxiety, embarrassment, or boredom. For more information, visit VowsAndSpeeches.com. That's V-O-W-S-A-N-D-Speeches.com. Or call 310-994-9495.